0: My name is David. I'm the pastor here at Stonebridge. So glad uh, y'all are here. Um, if, if there are extra seats, if you could stick your hand up and let somebody know. No shame in sitting on the front row. Come on. Way to go. Never. Oh, it just got taken. <laughs> uh, a couple of announcements. If you have a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, you heard Bo mention... Uh, this morning, we are going to do uh, baptisms. We're going to do those in a few minutes. I have a few things to share uh, with you before we jump into that. A couple of announcements on September 13th. That's the Sunday after Labor Day. Uh, we're going to go to two services, um, one at 9 and one at 11. So you can just kind of keep that uh, in mind as you're trying to find a chair. Um, Two other things, Born Again Blessings, it's a children's consignment sale that Riverstone, our parent church, holds twice a year. All the proceeds of that sale uh, go to help families in need, and it will be on Friday and Saturday, August 14th and 15th at the Civic Center, I believe. If you're interested in, if you have stuff that you want to sell, if you want to work, if you're interested in participating, uh, if you can see Jennifer Battles, is Jennifer in here? Right there, she can give you all of the information that you need. It's really a great thing, and we do want to be uh, supportive of that. Also, we'll have worship auditions coming up in about a month or so. We're looking for a drummer, a lead female vocalist, and a lead electric guitar. So if, if you're one of those three, drummer, lead female vocalist, or lead electric guitar, we'll have worship auditions uh, probably in about four weeks, and you can see Les in the back uh, or bow. And one of those guys can uh, let you know uh, more information on that. All right, this is First Corinthians 12, verses 12 and 13. The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ, for we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we are all given the one spirit to drink. Uh, by nature and definition, baptism is a corporate event. You can't baptize yourself. There have to be other people involved. And so that's the reason we're doing this this morning in the context of worship. This is a proper context for baptism within the family of God. Baptism is kind of the initiation rite into the family of God. And so it needs to be public. Last week, I was comparing baptism to a wedding ceremony and really to the vows. I think a lot of us I was saying, see, baptism kind of like a wedding ring. It's an outward sign of an inward commitment. But like a ring, you can take it or leave it. Lots of married people don't wear rings. I don't agree that baptism is that external. There's something that happens in baptism. I don't quite understand it, but it's more than just symbolic. It's actually a means of grace, a channel of God's grace to us. And so I was comparing baptism actually to exchanging vows. It it is a reflection of what's in our heart, but also something happens in our relationship when we do that. When I got married and I made the vows, better or worse, richer or poor, all of those things saying those things didn't make them so. They were already so, and I was making them explicit to Misty and to God and to the congregation when I said those things. Absolutely. So baptism is uh, a public statement of our posture towards God, but it's more than that. I got married on June 15, 1997, at 4 o'clock, and at something happened then. On June 15, 1997, at 3:59, I was single; I wasn't married. And at 4:30 on June 15, 1997, I was married. I wasn't. Something happened in that 30 minutes that changed the nature of my relationship to Misty. I don't think baptism changes the nature of our relationship with God, but something happens during that act that goes beyond just us publicly saying, hey, I'm, I'm in, I'm on Jesus's team. There's more to it than that. And so as we baptize today, really what we're looking for is we're looking for God to make a deposit of his grace into the lives of those who are going to be baptized. We're baptizing three kids and I think five adults. And as we walk through it, All of us are participants. You might not know the names of anyone being baptized, but if you're a Christian, you're welcoming them into your family as brothers and sisters. Whether you know their name, whether Stonebridge is your church, whether you ever see them again or come here again is irrelevant. If you're part of the family of God, you're welcoming them in this morning. Some of them have been Christians for years, but this is when they're saying yes, and it's not just them saying yes, there's something from God back. It's not just us to him, it's him to us during this time. Under your seat, you don't need to get them now. There's a stack of note cards, seven or eight note cards. And as we do these baptisms, we said last week that Jesus' baptism was a template for us. And the things that we see happening with him are the same things we can expect to happen with us. For instance, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and remained. And we said for baptism, that's really our assurance that God remains with us it's this objective reality that we can look back to when our circumstances cause us to waver when our faith is shaky we can look back and we can remember on August 9th 2009 i was baptized and that was that represents to me god in me and he doesn't leave we said also and this is really what the note cards are tied into is god spoke to jesus at his baptism he affirmed him as his son he said he was well pleased with him that he loved him and my expectation is that all of these guys who are being baptized today, that God has something he wants to say to them as well. It might be a lot, it might be a little, but it's something that they need to hear. And God, to me, usually speaks to us through us. Like if there's a boom from heaven, that's fine, but I'm not, that's not what I'm waiting for. Um, my assumption is God is going to speak to these guys through the body. And so there's no cards under your seat, and as we're baptizing these guys, my encouragement to For you, is while someone significant is praying for them, everyone that has a parent or a friend, a sibling, someone who has significant impact on them spiritually will be praying for them, and then a pastor is going to pray for them. And my encouragement is while you're praying for them that you're also listening. And God might put a, a picture in your mind or a Bible verse or three words. Just write those down. Write their name at the top of the card and write those down. We'll have a basket in the back on the way out, and just drop those cards in the basket. And we're going to compile all of that and we're going to give it to these guys uh, later on this week. So it, it's a meaningful time and our expectation is that God has something to say to them and it's through you. And don't assume someone else is going to do it. If we all assume someone else is going to do it, then nobody, it doesn't get done. It's go in assuming God wants to speak to them and he's going to use you. Even if you've never done anything like this, it doesn't matter. You have ears and God has a mouth and that's all it takes to communicate. So just as we pray, just trust what's in your heart and write it down. If it's crazy, we'll edit it. It'll never get to them. So there's your there's your safety net. Just go with kind of where you think the Lord is leading me. At me a, a few other things, and then we'll bring the kids in. We we baptize by pouring. We obviously don't have a dunk take or anything like that. So we have this um, awesome baby pool up here that we're gonna it's crafted from materials from Israel so it's holy and we're going (laughs) to baptize people in that and we're going to dump water on their head is what we're going to do. And as we do that, there are a couple of pictures I wanted you to have. One, I think baptism is a place where God's grace and our faith intersect. And that's what we need. As we're pouring water out, see that water as God's grace being poured out. And as the people who are being baptized... Are kneeling and their hands are open that's really a symbol of their it's a picture of their heart it's open to whatever God wants to say or do in their life and that's the thing there need to be places where our faith and God's grace intersect and so my question to you is are there those places in your life right now are there places in your life where your faith is intersecting God's grace if not you most likely are missing something It could be if you don't have an active relationship with God. Either you've never chosen to follow Jesus or you you did at some point, but that's not really an active part of who you are. It's kind of like you're a a bottle with the top on. God's pouring grace on you. It's just bouncing off your head. You're not receiving it. I think it's Matthew 5.45. Jesus says that God causes the sun, S-U-N, to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, and he causes it to rain on the good and the evil. The only people who can recognize those expressions of common grace, the sun and the rain and the fact that you can breathe and that you have a job, all of those things, the only people who can recognize those as gifts of grace from God are people of faith. And if you're not active in your relationship with him, it's not that he's not being gracious to you, it's just that you don't have eyes to see it. And it's very simple to move from not having eyes to see it to having eyes to see it. That last song that we sang, if that's not... If that's not in your heart, that he's paid the debt for you and that you have new life. Very simple today to move from death to life. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. God, I can't live apart from you. I've tried. It doesn't work. For some of us, our biggest issue is our selfishness. God, I'm selfish. I have my own agenda. I want to do things my way. And I'm recognizing that is not working. And so I'm gonna quit. That's repenting. I'm gonna quit doing that. Forgive me of being selfish, forgive me of the sin in my life, and I'm gonna follow you. That's it. That's it. There's more to it, but that's it's that simple. If you've never decided that today, my hope is as these guys are being baptized, I hope you're jealous. I hope you experience or you're on the outside looking at what they're experiencing and in a good way it makes you jealous for what they are experiencing because it's absolutely available to everyone in this room god doesn't play favorites he's pouring his grace out but if you've got the top on the bottle it's just going to bounce off your head and at some point you need to open up the top take the top off and then you can receive the grace that he has for you for others of you 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 do have an active relationship with God. You're following Jesus, but you're still, when I say is there a place where your faith and his grace intersect, you say, eh, I'm not so sure. And it could be you're like the, the father in Mark 9. In Mark 9, a father comes to Jesus. His son is having seizures, and he says, if you can help us, take pity. If you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus r- replies, if you can do anything, everything is possible for him who believes. And there's sometimes where it's kind of like God's grace is available, but we have to go get it with our faith. It's If I'm thirsty, there's water back there in that water faucet, I, but I've got to turn it on. The water is available to me, but I've got to turn the faucet to get it. And sometimes that's how God's grace works. We're not working for it in the sense of earning it, but there is a sense in which he's saying, do you believe that I can do these things? And if we're constantly in a posture of unbelief, then we never turn the faucet on. We never get the water. And so that could be you this morning as well. If 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 you have a relationship with God, but you would say, I don't know where my faith is intersecting his grace. You're probably missing out on something, and it could be. It's just because you're not exercising your faith. And I'd encourage you to ask the Lord, what do I need to be believing you for? Where have I kind of shut you down? Tomorrow's the first day of school. For some of you moms, the number one thing you need to in, be believing God for is that he's going to, Take care of your kids when they're in school. And you're not going to worry and stress and fret and all of those things. And that's where his grace will meet your faith. Tomorrow at 8 o'clock in the morning when you drop them off and then you start crying and bawling and all that's where his grace is going to meet your faith. Because in that moment, you're going to say, you know what? It's what we talked about last week. I'm not a slave of fear. I'm a son of God, even if you're a woman. I'm a son of God. And I'm not going to let fear ruin me and I'm not going to let it rule my day. That for some of you, it's that for others, it's other things. So that's my question to you. These guys are this morning, there's a place where their faith is intersecting God's grace. And so for all of us, my question is, where's your faith intersecting God's grace? The second thing, maybe the second picture, as we pour these pictures out, we're going to empty them. We're not going to leave any water in the jar. And I think that's a picture of how God gives himself to us fully. It's just like in a wedding ceremony. It's everything I've got, you've got, everything you've got, you're giving to me. This isn't philosophical. This is relational. Don't try to, how does an infinite God fit? That's not what I'm talking about. This is relationally God giving himself fully to us. And I think that's, he he does that. Jeremiah 29, I think it's 13. God says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. If you want him, you can have him as much as you want. If you want a tablespoon, then that's what you get. If you want a cup, you get a cup. If you want a gallon, you get a gallon. If you want a bucket, you get a bucket. And so my question to you is, are you satisfied with how much you have? This, What we're doing here as we dump these pictures out, I think that's a picture of God's desire to fully give himself relationally to us. And as these guys, are, their posture is open, I think it's symbolic of them saying, I'm giving you all of me. Romans six, four through six talks about baptism, and the image is the the metaphor is us dying with Christ and rising with him. There's this sense I think Bo prayed it, uh, we're we're dying th- these guys are saying I'm dying to myself fully today so I can live fully to you. And for all of us, that's available to all of you. As much of God as you want, you can have. And so are you satisfied with that? And if the answer is yes, my next question is, do you think he is? Is he satisfied with how much of you he has? Or are you holding back? You might be satisfied with a portion of him. I guarantee he's not satisfied with a portion of you. And that's sometimes why we get miserable. We want just enough of God to be okay. Just enough of God to get to heaven. Just enough of God to get through the day. He doesn't want just enough of us. He wants all of us. And so that could be that there's some frustration in your life, and it's rooted in the fact that you haven't given him everything. And that's you can do that this morning. It's that prayer. God, I give you everything. You know if you're holding something back. Just say, I I give that to you. And he'll come into that place, that area where something else has been taking up space in your heart. God will come in and fill it. Kim, will you go get the kids? I'm going to pray. Kim's going to go get the kids, and then we'll do these baptisms. God, I do thank you that you give yourself fully and unreservedly to us. And, Lord, I pray for all of us in this room that we would reciprocate. God, that as much as we know ourselves, we would give you everything that we are. And we would make a trade, us for you. We always come out on the best end of that. God, if there are any in this room who have never said yes to you, God, I pray over the next few minutes that you would stir their heart. Whatever objections whatever fears, whatever reasons they have for for staying away, God, I pray that all of those things would be addressed. God, that you would speak to them in a way that they would get and that they would find themselves saying yes to you this morning. God, we again pray for those who are being baptized. And our desire is that everything that you want to do in them this morning would be done. Again, we would rather things, if I have to choose, we want meaningful over smooth but it would be nice if things ran smoothly as well. We don't want any distractions to keep us to pull us away from what you're trying to do. So we ask you to come now and do what only you can do, Jesus, which is baptize us with your spirit. Amen. All right, the kids are-